0: Welcome to Beyond the Box podcast. The mission of Fairway Cares is to send hope, courage, strength, and love to those facing critical illness, loss of a loved one, or sustained physical trauma through care packages. May you be inspired through these stories as we journey beyond the box. Sherry Anderson, CEO of Fairway Cares, and today my guest is Steve Cox. He is a branch manager in Boise, Idaho, for Fairway Mortgage since 2014. He's been married to Jennifer for 32 years and they have raised two daughters, Ashley and Megan. They enjoy a, a host of outdoor activities, especially traveling to McCall, Idaho, which is just a couple hours away. It's a high mountain lake community that allows them to uh, relax also work and uh, play pickleball tennis. Steve enjoys the outdoors, water skiing, snow skiing, and hunting. Welcome, Steve.
1: Thank you, Sherry. Uh,
0: it's, I love hearing about what you enjoy doing and uh, that you're really active. And Of course, I'm a pickleball fan, and pickleball seems to be a, a raging pastime across the nation, especially Fairway Nation. Um, in fact, I think we, as, when we have events, we should probably have pickleball. Available,
1: fastest-growing sport in the nation.
0: Uh, I know it's crazy. Um, Well, the purpose of coming here is first of all to find out more about you. And you've been with Fairway since 2014. What originally brought you to Fairway?
1: Well, we, um, you know, I've been lending since 2003. Um, I I was actually a a broker, kind of self-employed. And we did that from 2003 until just about 2009, um, kind of trying to navigate the the difficulties of, you know, trying to meet our customers' needs, and and at the time, but, you know, being being a broker was the the challenges were becoming financially daunting, compliance daunting, and we just decided that we started investigating our options and and working for a independent mortgage um, bank or lender, just seemed to fit very well for us. So uh, I say us, I had taken on a, a business partner and we combined two groups to make a, a very large uh, origination team. And um, we, we I was with another company for, gosh, uh, from 2009 to 2014, and there were some things there um, you know, being in Boise, Idaho, uh, felt like we were a great. Um, you know, I always said we were uh, we were easy to date. We we didn't put a lot of pressure on our uh, employing uh, employers, I should say. And um, but we, we just didn't get a lot of attention for the, the great work that we did. We were always called out for you know underwriters loved our files, etc. But we just didn't get what we needed at the street you know at we use the term the street and so um we we end up looking for a, an alternative and uh had the opportunity to to um meet um steve jacobson uh medicine in california of all places we had a great lunch um probably knew within 15 to 20 minutes that um this this was a, a place that had core values um very street focused uh, asked Steve asked some tremendous questions and uh, I think it was a two-hour conversation And when we left and got on the plane, um, we, we knew at that point in time that we, we'd found our new home. so that's how we ended up at fairway.
0: That's awesome. That's a great a great story and, and to know that you found you, you know you must have felt something that seemed right in in that time period and meeting with him. Um, and we're glad you're here. it's it's great. I mean to have you here almost. About nine years, it looks like, if I did my math right. So this month, September, is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And we wanted to kind of visit and hear the story that you and Jennifer experienced with your daughter, Ashley. Um, Can you kind of share what happened with Ashley and and why childhood cancer became a very real, I guess, a, a real journey to have to navigate?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just, you never imagine, you know, Your young couple, two, two children under, well, three and under Uh, Megan was not quite one year of age at that point in time. And, you know, you just, you just, you don't think about those kinds of things. Um, And uh, it was what, 1997 and, you know, she, she was complaining about aches and pains and, and, uh, these odd bruises and fevers and, you know, we just kind of thought, nah, it's growing pains and, but my wife had the foresight to say, you know what, something just doesn't seem right. So, um, she quickly got her in to see a doctor in Boise and, um, they couldn't say with you know, it wasn't definitive, but they, they basically let us know that they thought that she had leukemia based on some blood work. Um. It's one of those things where, you, you know, it's kind of like 9-11. You can remember exactly where you were. It was the sun shining. Um, you know, I remember receiving the phone call at my office at the time where I was at and, and the drive home, trying to console my wife, Jennifer, and, um, you know, reaching out to our family along the way. And, um, you know, it's just like, I, I can't believe this is happening. So what we ended up doing is they couldn't say with certainty. Um, Boise is a fairly good sized city um, but the only child oncologist at the time was not it was not in Boise she just happened to be on vacation so they ended up uh, sending us to primary children's hospital in Salt Lake City so um, we quickly our family gathered around put us on a plane um, uh, sent us down to Salt Lake City which is about four and a half hour drive and uh, you know they we met with a team of, of uh, pediatric uh, cancer oncologists and, you know, I remember sitting by her bedside and they came and sat down with us and said, you know, we've got some news for you. We, we must confirm that this is, she does have leukemia and she's got ALL. And, you know, you're just, you're overwhelmed. Uh, leukemia, blood cancer, you know, it, it is this terminal um, you know, and they can't, they can't tell you enough information fast enough. Um, so, you know, we started talking through it and, and I do remember, um, almost in my head, I heard, do you want to hear the good news or the bad news? And I'm like, I'm thinking, how can there possibly be good news in this scenario? But they came back and basically said, you know, she does have leukemia, but she has ALL, which is one of the more successfully treated and curable uh, forms of leukemia and then they said what what choice i mean there's two there's kind of here's the normal protocol for for um for this form of leukemia diagnosis and then here's this other one that's still a little bit in the experimental stage but we're really seeing some some great results from the study group and he said, "What what would you like to do?" And if she goes in the study group, then you know she'll be there'll be blood tests and all these things that we need to do. So we really didn't know how to answer that. I mean, it's like you're putting are we putting her life in our decision hands? Um, and we did the old "What would you do?" I, I've used that so many times in my life. So we asked the oncologist, and they said, "You know, here's here's what I would do if this was my child." So we ended up going the more. Ex- um, I say experimental route. I mean, it was an established protocol. And that's the route we went. And for for girls, it's two and a half years uh, long, the, the chemotherapy treatment. And for boys, it's three and a half years. Um, and uh, that's that's kind of how our, our journey began. Uh, it was just trying to learn about it and... You know, we just had this outpouring of support and family and the hospital and Ronald McDonald house. And I'll tell you what, um, I think that was a bit of a difference maker because I can't imagine a young couple going through it without a lot of support. Um, Because it's it's a lot in a little period of time I kind of noted. It just kind of makes your world slow down as you try to, you know assimilate all the information and console each other and then you know w- where's this thing going to take us and you naturally start you know thinking you know is is my daughter going to survive I mean you can't help you know I'm a hopeful person but it's kind of like what what's going to happen here I mean it, it just you know our, our world stopped for a period of time
0: that had to have been hard I mean when you think about not only you know The fact that your child has the cancer, but then, you know, the pokes and the, and, and, and I should, I should preface all of this and should have said it in the very beginning, but really uh, I I just applaud you, Steve, for writing out a keep playing that Fairway does and allows people the opportunity to, to share a story through, um, to, through some writing and you, uh, created a a keep playing, um, to share the story. And, and that's how it, it came to my attention. And and you mentioned that really all Ashley cared about were the pokes, but to see your child go through that over and over, what was that like and, and who and how did you support like how did I mean you had support from family and friends, but how did you and Jennifer support each other was in, and what was that like as as parents to walk through that? Um, were you know was there a time where you were really positive and Jennifer wasn't, or you know she was really positive and you weren't? Is there was there a time that you guys you know were on different places and helped each other along that way?
1: Sherry, that's a really good question. I I don't recall us ever not being on in the same place. I mean, emotionally at times, probably in different places, but always I would say in that you know. Uh, I, realm of optimism. And um, it, 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 sometimes they say, you know, when you go through things, you have uh, different seasons, you've got, you know, you've got guilt and what did we do wrong? And did, did I pass a gene on? Um, I'm, I'm angry. I'm, you know, I'm sad. I'm, you know, I think we had all those, but probably just somewhat at different times. And I think as a male in my DNA, was I had to be the rock. There was never a question. I had to be there for Ashley. I had to be there for Jennifer and I had to be there for Megan. So I had a job and um, that for me is what helped me because I couldn't, you know, I I rarely let down. It was probably when I first found out on that day, those first what twenty four to forty eight hours? Those were the most emotional times for me. And then I had to roll up my sleeves and said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna beat cancer. Um, we're gonna get through this. We're gonna get through it together. Um, there's nothing that we can't do. You know, we do have to trust. You know, we're doing the right things, and we've got the right support. Um, and and you know, we we had a high confidence with the oncologist." that kind of got a set set up on treatments in Salt Lake City. And what I didn't say is then we came back to Boise and Dr. Emma Harwood, um, she, she saw Ashley through the rest of her treatments and, and, you know, um, you know, we're always grateful to it's Mountain States. Tumor Institute is what it was. It's changed names since then. But, um, but we were, I would say that we supported each other. Um, you know, and the other thing was it's that, Old, it could if i would, if i could exchange places with her i would have done it in a heartbeat right just you know give me the pokes give me the give me the cancer treatment i mean you know you can't do that but you, but you're willing you just want to take it away mm-hmm. so we just you know we we just we handled it together it wasn't we didn't create little silos we you know it, we were all in we took megan a lot of times to her in her to the appointments. We did we did as a family of four and sometimes that rest of family was with us too, but yeah, we just we just did it together and then did our best to minimize the discomfort and you know, at at age 3, Ashley didn't probably really understand exactly what she was going through. So we didn't have to deal with that. If, if she was 10 or 12 or something like that, you know they've got thoughts of their own, and you know they read, they hear. Um, but with Ashley, she was just so young; she just didn't really know any different. She just knew that, you know, what what was what was the day to hold for her.
0: How did and you said you did it as a family, and that's that's so beautiful, and that you just brought Megan along, and that was pretty much what Megan knew too. She didn't know anything different, right? It was just part of her childhood.
1: Just part, yeah. She got to to. to you know, see the inside of a hospital, you know, she, she got treated with lollipops. And, you know, when she'd go, she got the special treatment, just like her sister did. Um, You know, when Ashley lost all her hair, you know, she, you know, she, she, we went through this process where she lost her hair. So what we do is we take the hair outside and there were some swallows living outside our front door and they would pick her hair up and they would use it to make a nest. So we'd see him scoop it up and, you know, we just, yeah, we just, she, she, was, she was a part of it. it. It was four of us going through treatments, just not just one and uh,
0: yeah. You know, you mentioned in your keep playing that Megan is a thriving 20, or not Megan, I'm sorry, <laughs> that Ashley is a thriving 29 year old now. Um, talk about what she likes to do now and, and, uh, you know, kind of her life goals.
1: Yeah. You know, I think, um, and I say, I think, I, I, I know, but there's, there's a few things because Ashley's a little bit like her dad where we're a little more introspective, but Ashley has an amazing zest for life. And I think sometimes it has to do with that cancer. She knows that's a part of her past not part of her present
0: mm-hmm.
1: she probably at, at age 29 knows that you know not everyone was as fortunate as she was but I, I think she 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 has used that um, in terms of how she approaches life she's super adventuresome she is outdoorsy um, she um, just decided she took yoga classes and then she just decided why don't I get licensed to be a yoga instructor. She is currently right now in Ireland. She's been in France. Um, she sells real estate. So she's got some flexibility in her career to be able to do the things that she likes to do. The other thing I noticed is she really seems to have some great life or um, work-life balance. She did not get that from her dad, I can tell you that. Um, because they used to say, Cause my wife, Jennifer works at fairway as well. And the kids used to say, do we have to talk about mortgages all the time? Um, but I think, you know, she really has found a nice, um, work life balance. She works when she needs to. And then when she's not working, she's doing something that really brings, you know, joy to her life, expands her horizons. Um, she loves people, places, experiences. She has very few inhibitions. Um, she doesn't have a, a like a, a speed a governor on her on her rate of speed. She just um, she just goes for life, and I think that has something to do with that.
0: That's fabulous. I love I love that phrase. She goes for life. That's that's so fun. Um, <clears throat> just curious about the real estate. Did, did mom and dad have any influence in that? Given that you were in the mortgage industry. Well,
1: I don't know if we had a direct influence. I think um, she she got a degree in public relations. She thought she wanted to do something in medicine, but after she got a little far, a little older, she decided maybe that wasn't what she wanted to do. Um, but um, she ended up accepting a position um, with a real estate team in Seattle, Washington. And um, you know, the team that she worked for recognized her talents. They encouraged her to get. Uh, get licensed um, so they, she could support them. But I think they also saw something in her that says, you know what, you can do what we do. So I think for us, just no, you know, she saw us as self employed. She, she saw us working the hours necessary. It, you know, her dad was never an eight to five kind of person. Um, you know, Jennifer worked within the business with me since 2003 was some flexibility. So I think it just, um, it wasn't a difficult decision for her to make to, um, to go into real estate, but pretty much I think she she made that decision on her own.
0: That's beautiful. What about Megan? What does Megan enjoy doing? And has just the fact that what you guys walked through as a family, did that have an impact on her? I'm sure you guys probably sit around and talk about that time period in your life at some point. Um, But what's Megan doing these days?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you may laugh, you may not, but she works for Fairway. (laughs) (laughs) All those, all those uh, conversations in the car talking mortgage. Um, Yeah, so Megan, so Megan works uh, at Fairway as well. She is working on getting her license, but she is a loan uh, officer assistant right now. And she, um, she has partnered with a senior loan officer in our group that does a lot of new construction business. So um, she got married a year ago, September, um, and uh, she she very much likes the mortgage industry as well.
0: Well, that's fabulous. You you must be just so proud of both your girls, um, given that they have you know found their niche. I just think when as parents we just want to see our children launch and find their their passions and you know what can work for them and and just to see them living their best life is the best gift they can give their parents right
1: i i agree because i i i don't push but i would encourage Mm -hmm. right i want i want them to make up their own minds in terms of what it is that they want to do what makes them happy so yeah i'm super proud of both of them they're both amazing humans. Um, they've, you know, chokes chosen a great mate in life. I'm really excited that uh, Andrew has joined our family. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, in, in my Keep Going, we t- I talked a little bit about, you know, just the hope and, and, you know, I've always hoped for my children as well, that they're going to make good decisions. They won't all be amazing. Um, I feel very fortunate that, that both of them have made really good decisions. They've not had to go through a, a lot of difficulty because they're just super thoughtful girls. And, you know, they they just they don't make rash decisions. That's their dad a little bit, but they don't make rash decisions, but they make thoughtful ones.
0: I just want to applaud you for, you know, being the dad to your girls and, and the wife to Jennifer that you... You are, because you said in the very beginning, when the challenge of leukemia came to your family, you just said, we're going to do this together. And you did it together with the support of family and friends surrounding you. But, you know, it's so important to lead well, you know, not just in business, but in your family. And, and uh, you know, just applause to you for, for how you and Jennifer have done that. That's, you know, says a lot. That the girls, you know, kind of followed in your footsteps in 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 their careers, you know, so to speak. So that that's that's so neat. Um, tell me about light the night. That is something that you've gotten involved with, and it's it's I've not heard of it, and it's it's a pretty neat thing. So can you share a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And they should be across the country, um, but it's um, light the night. It's a Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and it's it's a parade, and they 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 go. It used to be balloons. I think they're doing colored lanterns. They do different colors de- depending on if you're a survivor, um, if you're a family member, if you're walking in someone's honor that has passed away, um, and it's a it's a way that people get out and you know celebrate someone they've lost or you know someone that's successfully been cured. Um, and it's a fundraising focus. So what will happen is you can, you can create a team and recruit people to come out and either walk with you, donate, or you can do both. And it's just a very a visual representation of how many people are affected by leukemia and lymphoma. Um, I mean, it's one of those things I used to say when you bought a yellow... VW bug, all of a sudden, that's what you saw. Mm -hmm. When you have a child with cancer, all of a sudden you, you find other people that have something somewhat similar. Um, But light the night is a way to kind of bring everyone together to celebrate the successes they've had, but there's still a long way to go with cancers in general, uh, blood cancer specifically. Um, you know, is what they do. the The one thing about th- that I see a little bit of a, a wind of change in, in Leukemia and Lymphoma Society message is for the longest time, you know, the the treatment that Ashley received was really a low dose adult chemotherapy. They don't have anything specifically that was designed for children. And children really do need something different. So I think one of the focuses they have now is start looking at treatments that are more geared towards children so that they can tolerate them better.
0: And that's, that's the, the theme that I'm hearing. This, you know, the, the purpose of these podcasts is bring, you know, just, just our little way to begin um, the awareness in the Fairway family of childhood cancer and those that you have walked through it. And how you've navigated it, and the fact that number one, there's very little dollars that go to childhood cancer research, which is kind of shocking. And then to learn what you just said, I've heard that from several people that you know the, uh, the treatments for children are adult treatments, and it's like there's not specific treatments for children, and that's like, what? You know, that's, that's kind of shocking. And I think that that's something a lot of people are not aware of.
1: Yeah, I remember when they told us about the treatment. You know, chemotherapy is you know like the I mean, it's 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 a poison in effect, right? And and what you're doing is you're killing all cells to to kill the bat. And you know, there's so many advancements being made today in treatments of all sorts. Um, or hopefully, in my lifetime and yours, you know, we'll see some of those. But the challenging thing was is you know they 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 basically over treat her and it's kind of like, you know, when you see those um, ads for pharmaceuticals, takes them, you know, two minutes to tell you what it does. And then it tells you, it takes seven minutes to tell you all the side effects. Um, that's, that was one of the things, you know, when they sat down and said, hey, we're going to do this treatment, but these are the things that, you know, could happen. It could damage her organs uh, permanently. She could have an organ failure. Uh, you know, she's a beautiful 29-year-old woman that has aspirations to be a mom, there's no guarantee that she can have children. We don't know that. Um, So those are the kinds of things that I believe that if they could tailor, well, I know they can tailor the treatments, they can minimize some of those overreach side effects. So not only are they cured, but you know they're not going to live with something later in life that was an unintended consequence. Yeah. So... Just more specific treatment geared towards pediatric, um, is there's definitely a need for, for that. And with, with leukemia, you're really looking for a cure, right? And, and so, you know, they have made some real advancements. I mean, she's an example. She is cured. Mm-hmm. And the time, Sherry, I want to say the, the odds they gave us that she, you know, after two and a half years of treatment, that she would be cancer-free, and that, that, that would be after five years. I want to say it was 70, I should know this, it was either 74 or 76%. So again, those odds were pretty great, but there's other forms of leukemia where the odds were in the 30s or the 20s, Yeah. you know. So um, we, we need it because this can affect, can affect any of us. I hope that it doesn't, but it could.
0: So um, the website, if you're, anybody's interested, is lightthenight.org. You can check that out. It's kind of a neat, neat thing to know about if you're not aware. And I, I do have a question. Um, you received a care package, a Fairway Care's package, when you lost your fur baby. Couple, couple thoughts for you. Number one, that is a member of the family. It just is. And number two, the emotion that you, re- you know, that you, you know, I'm going to ask you kind of how you, um, when you received it, what it was like. And now think about what it would have been like to receive something similar to that had you been going through, had gotten something when you were going through Ashley's situation yeah. when she was yeah. young. How you would have yeah. felt?
1: Yeah, we're you know we donate to Fairway Cares because we know the amazing work that that you and your team do. But the we we've as an office I bet we've sent over twenty packages, um, and I've received calls back. From people that have received them, almost cannot express in words um, what a what a showering of love and support, and it gives them that opportunity just to take a little break from what they're dealing with at hand um, to know they're cared for. It. And then, so we yeah, so we got so we we had. It was actually Megan's dog. That, of course, she had to have this little dog that she just absolutely loved and would constantly take care of. And it ended up being our dog. And uh, so Toby. So we lost him at age 12. Again, I'm not a. If you knew me well, I'm not a super emotional person on the outside. Inside, for sure, but not on the outside. And you know, when we had to, when we had to um, euthanize him, it was. Again, one of the, I can think of four or five difficult days in my life, and that was one of them. But when we got at Fairway Cares, because a coworker of mine thought enough that we that thought that we could use that that little outpouring of of support and understanding our grief, um, when we received it, I, sometimes you kind of hear that kind of Christmas morning kind of feeling, the excitement, what's next in the box, and everything was so well. Thought out and it was very specific to what we were going through, which was loss of of our four-legged fur fur baby. Um, it was amazing, and, and the uh, the items that we received, we still have the blankets on our couch downstairs. The um, some of the 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 items are in my my keepsakes that I that we've held on to the journals and things like that. Had we received something like that when we got when we were in that first couple of weeks, um, with Ashley, I can just tell you that would have meant the world to us to know that people knew what we were going through enough to not only say something, but to send you something that you've got physical, I don't want to say tokens, because that minimizes, but, the Things that you can hold on to—the blanket that wraps you, and you feel like you've got you know loving arms around you—and you know uh, books and things that you can write your thoughts down in and stuff. It's so so well thought out, and it's like the right medicine for the illness. Sometimes it may not be permanent, right? But it, when you receive things like those these Fairway Care packages, it just feels like it's always what was needed at the right time and more than you could ever hope or expect not that you would expect anything but it's uh the the box just it just keeps it's like a clown car (laughs) that things just keep coming out and keep coming out and they're like oh here's something else in this corner and whatever so um yeah i've always be thankful and um uh when when we know someone that's going through a difficult time there's not a question in our mind. This is the job for a Fairway Cares package.
0: Well, one of the things we say is we can't fix the situation, but if we can give them a little hope to take the next step, that's the purpose of the Fairway Cares package. And just to hear you, you know, talk about the specific things that are in it, um, and even to say you can, I, I, in hearing you talk about it, you can still remember how you felt when you got that package. So it it's going to leave a memory. To those that receive the package, that it came at the right time, that it met a need that they didn't even realize they had, um, which is hopefully some love, comfort, and strength and courage as they walk through that difficult time. So, thank you for sharing that. I, I think it's just so great to hear, you know, different perspectives on receiving the packages. Steve, thank you for your time. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing, you know, your journey with with your family and with Ashley and and how you guys navigated it. And it's so delightful to, to know that the girls both are thriving. And, and um, you know, like I said, a lot of that has to do with how you did, you navigated that together and the support that you, you had around you. So I just am so grateful for you taking the time to share that hard journey um, that you guys all experienced.
1: Well, as, your, as your, your brother Steve says, if it helps just one, and uh, you know that's that's one thing we've always done is said, hey, if someone's going through something difficult that we can relate to, please reach out to us. So there for a while, when when Ashley was younger, you know there were other families, children going through it. We formed some really strong bonds with with some of those parents that still still last today. Um, but it's it's the wow. you know it's the least we can do. People helped us. And, you know, we want to be able to help them because you can always empathize with people and that's real. But when you've kind of gone through that yourself, you're just, um, you can cut right to the, sometimes the important stuff. You can't, everyone's going to react a little bit different potentially, but at least you can say, hey, we've been where you guys are there or are now. And uh, this is going to be okay. And there's going to be some challenging days. If, you, you know, if things just get overwhelming, you need someone to talk to, give us a call. You guys need to, you know, take off and have a, a date night, you know, be more than happy to come over and sit with your child or whatever. Those are the things that people need and really appreciate, but won't ask. So,
0: you know, and I think so many people say, well, if you need something, let <laughs> me know. And what those are just some really great tangible things that you can just go to somebody and say, hey, I'll take care of your child you know, I'll do this, I'll do that, you know, and and just be available to them in in those tangible ways. That's a great way to bring this to a close and giving in giving those tips on how to really help. Um, And I just want to thank everyone for listening to the end. And thanks to Steve Cox for taking his time out to share his journey of uh, childhood cancer that he and his family have navigated. If you know someone who has been impacted by critical illness, loss of a loved one, or has sustained physical trauma, and you would like to help brighten their day, please contact us at fairwaycares.org. If you know of somebody, and we didn't talk about this on this podcast, but if you know of somebody, Fairway Teammates, that want to be a Fairway Cares champion, please email me, sherry.anderson at fairwaymc.com. And just a final reminder, if you are interested in lightthenight.org, check it out.